What is up, Philly Philly? This is the brand new Streets of Philadelphia podcast. I am your host, Jason Voorhees. And with me, as always, my partner in crime, Mr. Frankie Stesk. So real quick, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Streets of Podcast One. You can find me at Mustang3651 and Frankie Stesk for Frankie James, and then Old City Sports, which is the network run by our famous leader, Jesse Bell. And he's the Admiral. Backstage, the Admiral. The Admiral. Of, of course, go check out the rest of OCSN, including Flyers Alley, which I am a co-host on, the Halftimers, the Dusty Butte Hockey Show, the Dirty Flamingo, Wing Sauce, Nux Talk, and Beers, Buds, and Blue, Ducks and Puck, and the Doom Thugs. A lot of good shows on there. Definitely will fill up your day. That's for sure, Jason. <laughs> Absolutely. And can't forget Body Check Wellness. Oh, yeah. Streets of Philadelphia is sponsored by Body Check Wellness. It's like the, the big guns. And use promo code OCS in all caps to get 25% off all your CBD needs. Oh yeah, for sure. How you doing, my man? I'm doing great, man. I I really, uh, yo, after last week's debut, I was like raring to go. Like I was wishing we could do this show every day. That's like, that's how awesome it was. Um, just great to kind of have a new flavor and add a new flavor to the, you know, to the podcast. Uh, obviously a lot of Eagles podcasts and obviously, you know, we cover some flyer stuff, but we're, we're kind of trying to make it more of like a Philly culture thing. And I think uh, everyone uh, seemed to enjoy the uh, first episode. You know, real quick, I just want to give a shout out. Today is National Women in Sports Day. So shout out to all uh, you ladies out there that are working hard in this industry. Uh, you know, there's there's a ton of yous out there that do a great job. And, uh, you know, we wouldn't be where we're at if it weren't for you. So keep up the great work. And appreciate what you're doing. Oh, yeah. I love that. I love that. And we just had a comment on there from Wade. Got to give a quick shout out to Wade on the birth of his first baby boy, Carson. Congratulations to Wade and his wife. Um, I'm up late at night. So let me know if you guys uh, need a babysitter for sure. But a uh, big shout out to Wade. And congratulations to our, our fellow brother. Absolutely. Congrats. I mean, having a baby, like, wow. Like, I, I don't have kids yet, so I can't. Oh, I am a kid. And, oh, yeah. I, I forgot. <laughs> I practically am a kid. <laughs> it's Jesse. He practically takes care of me. <laughs> so, so anyway, well, I figure, like, before we dive into our first segment, I just wanted to, you know, we, we kind of both, you know, talked. And, you know, obviously February is an important month. Uh, it's Black History Month. So, we kind of wanted to highlight some great, you know, black athletes that play, you know, in this city and town. Um, obviously, there's been quite a few. Uh, as far as in the hockey world, um, we, we kind of want to go back to where it started. And I know a lot of times, you know, Willie O'Ree gets, you know, credit for being the first black player in the NHL. But we actually had somebody in our local area, Atlantic City to be uh, exact, where um, who actually was the first black professional hockey player in all in all of hockey, whether it was minor leagues or pros. And that person is Art Darrington. Uh, for those of you who don't know who Art is, uh, he's he's a legend. Uh, they actually called him the, um, I believe they called him the Jackie Robinson of hockey um, on his trading card. Uh, he signed with the New York Rangers organization in 1950 and uh, became the first professional hockey player in the United States. Uh, obviously he started his career in Atlantic city with the Atlantic city Seagulls. Uh, he also played for the jo Johnston jets, the Washington lions and the Philadelphia Ramblers. Uh, who was actually the first, uh, basically the beginning of the Flyers. The start? The, the, the start. start. <laughs> um, yeah, so this guy, like, you know, I did a, con you know, got kind of some 
did some research and like, it's just amazing what this guy, you know, did. And unfortunately he never, you know, made it to the NHL, but like what he did for hockey and, and, and black players in the sport is, I mean, it has to be talked about. I, I, I mean, Frankie, I mean, you know, what, you know, thoughts. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's incredible because, you know, you know, hockey is, is, is typically a sport where you, you know, you see a lot of, uh, not even too much Americans, really. I mean, it's you know, Canadians, you have Russians. So to see the barrier become broken, um, and someone local, and not to mention the teams that he played for, the Atlantic City Seagulls, uh, the Boston Olympics, uh, New Haven Tomahawks, like the names. Could you imagine having those names now? I mean, it, it'd be actually uh, incredible. Uh, and uh, thank you, Charlotte, uh, pick Canada. That's awesome. But his size, 5'9", 160. I mean, you're talking like almost like a, you know, a Marty Saint-Louis. I mean, not too big, even like a Danny Briere, um, you know, from Nova Scotia. So, obviously, he's from the town that uh, Sidney Crosby had um, originated from, of course. But the one thing that really took back with me is his career after hockey. Uh, retired from hockey. And he joined the Atlantic County Sheriff's Office um, in the late 1990s. Um, he created the Art Darrington Ice Hockey Foundation. A program that teaches hockey, you know, for children for low-income families, which I think is absolutely incredible. Um, playing hockey as long as I did, it's not a cheap sport. Um, it's it's a very very difficult sport. Hey, Phil, um, to pay for. Uh, you know, um, I was fortunate enough to to have a little um, assistance with with paying for it. But hockey is a is a um, is an expensive sport. So to see his foundation, hi Michelle. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you for always checking in too, Michelle. That's my good Italian friend, the old Michelle Morbido, sending lots of love. Um, yeah, I think it's incredible that what he was able to start. Like, you know, when people move on from the game that they love, you know, they want to be remembered by something. It might not so much be on the ice. It might be the legacy of starting that foundation to help the youth also play the game of hockey. But for low-income families, too, I think it's absolutely incredible. And I think that that's really what he wanted to be remembered most by. And, and probably playing for the, the Seagulls. I mean, it's a great name. I mean, who, being in Philadelphia, we see Seagulls everywhere around here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, honestly, like, just to imagine what it must have been like, you know, being a black athlete at that time, to, to you know, wanting to get into hockey and just the fact that, he was able to kind of forge his way and, you know, obviously to, you know, a player of that size to, to, to be able to make any kind of professional hockey team, you, you just hit on it. Like that shows a lot about, you know, who he was as a player. But obviously when I look at athletes, I, I, I look more so who they are as a person more so than who they are as an athlete. And Art Darrington, you know, from all accounts was one of the most amazing people and, one of the kindest hearts uh, you'll, you'll ever meet. Um, obviously, you know, what he did with the foundation. Um, in 2012, the Boardwalk Hall's ice hockey rank was named after Art Darrington. I mean, it's incredible. I'll tell you something about what he was as far as, you know, being a legendary uh, in this area and, and for what he was able to do for the hockey world. So, obviously, uh, rest in peace, Art. And, you know, we obviously, like I said, we, we wanted to salute Black History Month, and where better to start than the guy that kind of started it? It happened. Absolutely incredible. Well, well said, Jason. That was really well said. And and, and he played for nine years. I mean, he, you know, at that time, um, really before the medicine and the health stuff that we have now with you know the doctors, like they didn't have that then. So he played nine solid years. Um, that's a pretty lengthy career. I mean, you look at it now, that probably would be equivalent to almost 15, 16 years um, if you would have today's medicine. So definitely salute. I um, couldn't be more happy to start off the show with this. Um, definitely, definitely a, a pretty awesome thing. Uh, salute to him for sure. Absolutely. So with that being said, we, we, we talked about the Philadelphia Ramblers uh, and the fact that Art played for them. So who are the Philadelphia Ramblers and, and, what were they all about? I'll tell you, that's one team I didn't play for was the Philadelphia Ramblers. <laughs> well, I played for the Ben Salem Ramblers, but that was a baseball Oh, team. yeah, the Ben Salem Ramblers. Yeah, yeah they're a football team. team too, right? Are they football as well? <laughs> they did. They had a football yeah. and baseball. Okay, uh, which, all right. you know, Obviously, uh, you know, Little League. 
but nonetheless, still nothing uh, wrong with that. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So Philadelphia Ramblers are basically the the original Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, It was a minor professional hockey team uh, before, obviously, professional hockey came to Philly. Um, They were based at it, you know, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And they were around for six years, from 1935 to 1941. So, um, pretty cool logo. Uh, I don't know if you've ever checked out some of their uh, jerseys. I I think Jesse could pop some up to check out. But No, Jesse probably has one. (laughs) I I think he said he ordered them. Um, So, uh, real quick, I have, uh, have, like, the original one. And I I actually did order – um, I did order them um, pre-COVID, and then COVID uh, took that away from me. COVID said you um, have it. This- hey, <laughs> looks like one of my practice jerseys. This is the back. Obviously, it's, you can tell it's a little worn. Yeah. Um, but these these are the updated ones, and they're actually really really cool looking. This is what drew me to them. Oh wow! Yeah, I like that. Oh, yeah. I love the old school look, man. Just a simple, simple jersey. Like, it's not about the name on the back. It's what you're wearing on the front, not the, you know, quote, miracle or anything. But, like, that's the epitome of that. Like, not the full design. Just put the jersey on, get out there, and and, pl- and play some hockey. Um, now, the cool thing. Like- favorite, though. That's the one I ordered. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 Jesse, I think that's incredible. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that, brother. I really appreciate it. Thank now, the cool thing. Yeah, the cool thing about the franchise history is we're going way back. It was 100 years, Jason. 1927, 1935, the Philadelphia Arrows. Okay. And then 1935, 1941, we had the Philadelphia Ramblers. 1941 to 42, just one year, the Philadelphia Rockets. Um, that was kind of the franchise history uh, with that. But, you know, they got some championships too under their belt as well. Um, two regular season titles. Two division championships, a playoff championship, just one, but competitive hockey all the way around. Um, obviously, I wasn't even thought of that to play for the Ramblers, but I might have not have made that team. Looks like some good talent on there for sure. Oh, absolutely. And there was one huge notable name player that you guys may recognize, Ooh. and that would be one Brian Hextall Sr. Uh, obviously, you recognize the name, Ron Hextall. Well, he was the grandfather of Ron. Really? Yeah. How about that fun fact? Huh? So, so Bri- that's awesome. Brian Hextall Sr. Uh, played for the Philadelphia Ramblers. Um, wow. Trying to look at his numbers. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah 1935, 1941, Brian Hextall, grandfather of Flyers goaltender and you know former GM, Ron Hextall. That's pretty That's pretty remarkable. Like, so you're going way back for like the Hextall family uh, playing playing professional hockey. Um, I wonder I want. Hey, there we go. Another, yeah, the emblem. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a really cool emblem. See, even that's an awesome shirt, man. We have to get some of these puppies. These are awesome. That's just yeah, ten percent I mean, off too. Anybody that knows Frankie and and Jesse and myself, uh, you know, we're huge retro fans. So anything old school, you know, we're, we're you know, you got our attention. And, and that's that's basically what the, the Ramblers are. I mean, like I said, it, whenever you have a favorite sports team, it's always kind of good to take a deep dive and look at how did it, how did they come into fruition? Obviously, you know, Flyers didn't come till years later, but this was kind of the beginnings of, you know, hockey in Philadelphia. And although they were at the time a minor league team, obviously in Philly, you know, that was all we had. So you know, you kind of remember how it was watching the Phantoms. Well, it was probably that times 10 because they were the only team in town. Um, obviously, uh, as Frankie mentioned, only around six years, but, you know, obviously some great history there. Um, some good re- some good seasons too. I'm taking a look. You know, uh, now as I'm looking at the, at the stats here, um, oh, uh, thank you, thank you, Tony. Um, appreciate that. Uh, Tony Hart sent us a photo. Uh, can only imagine what it is. Looking forward to seeing it. But you know, when, when they started in 1927, 1928, you know, 40 games, and towards the end, you know, they, they bumped it up to 56. 
some some good some good records here. You know, at one point they you know twenty six wins, thirty two wins out of fifty four. It's not bad. Um, remarkable, remarkable team. Like like you mentioned, like the start of hockey in Philadelphia, and it goes back to the story that you shared with us last week about how the Flyers came up with their name, which I always think is a great uh, is a great story um, that you mentioned. But you know, this is the start of hockey before it all. Um, you know, almost a hundred years ago. Uh, to think about you know the, pe- the people that played at Philadelphia Arena, uh, which I am not, not even really too sure about it, but I'm going to look it up as we're talking about it. Um, to start hockey in Philadelphia and for it to be um, right here, I mean it's, it's it's remarkable. It's absolutely incredible. Well, yeah, and then so in 1938 and 1939, they actually played the Hershey Bears, which is funny because Hershey Bears have a history with Philadelphia and the Flyers and you know, so to speak. Um, oh, pretty cool for sure. Played, um, you know, that this local area has a lot of hockey. You, you know, oh. not just the Flyers. Like, it's just a lot of hidden like, ranks, too. A lot of nice hidden ranks, man. But, like, it's amazing that, you know, we, yeah, exactly. The, the ranks that they played in, some of those are legends. Yeah, obviously. I'll talk about some of them, too. Uh, definitely, you know, we got Rizzo, Rizzo rank. I, I got a chance to play there. But the Philadelphia Arena, it was an auditorium used for sporting events, 46th and Market Street in West Philadelphia, born and raised, where I spent playground most of my days. But, you know, it, it opened in 1920, February 14th, good old happy Valentine's Day, the old Cupid shuffle, and closed to a, due to a fire in 1983. And it was demolished literally the same day as the fire. But could you imagine seeing that building? It'd be like the Coliseums. Like those st- standing buildings, I always wondered about that. Like, could you imagine still having the spectrum still standing, or the vet still standing? Um, I mean, obviously. no, you're 100 percent spot on. Because to me, I, I think the kind of the new age of stadiums, like it's changed the way that it's changed the dynamic and the feel when you go to a live event. Like, I, you know, I'm very big into like. Greek mythology and, and, and Roman empire and that kind of stuff. And like, obviously like on my bucket list, I've never been to Italy, but obviously that's on my bucket list to go there. And I know like a lot of people that go to Italy, like they have their own things that they'd want to see. My number one thing is the Coliseum. Like just to agree with you more. a building that massive. And just to like, when you watch like old school movies like Gladiator, doesn't that give you like chills? Like just watch oh, absolutely, uh, and the and, architecture. Like, these old arenas kind of remind you more of that, like the, the the atmosphere when you go to games. Like we talked about it last week, like being in the spectrum, and like it, you just felt like you were closer to the ice, close to the players buildings. too. Like, yes. like you were almost with them. Yes, uh, even uh, when you were in the nosebleeds, like like I, like. I, you know, now when you go to the Wells Fargo, like it's not the same. It's definitely not the same feeling. As I can, I agree with you one hundred percent. And it's Jesse. not just like that in hockey. I think we could agree. It's probably like that in all sports. Like now, I will say, going to Citizens Bank Park in it for a baseball game, I obviously I love it better than going to the vet. But hmm. the atmosphere of being at the vet for a football game, you can't compare like that to go into the link. So it's like weird well said. Different with a little bit of the sports, but like, I like, I think when you go to citizens bank park, it has like a, a party atmosphere. So if you like that, like hanging out in the, you know, out in the alley and drinking mm-hmm. a beer yeah. or, you know, having a Tour, touring. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Ha- a like, cheesesteak. <laughs> there's a little oh. teaser for you. Um, oh, it's looking at yeah, me right now. Um, no, but just the, the feeling that you got going to those things, like, you know, I remember my first time at the Spectrum, like, I, and I still remember it vividly, like, it was so cold <laughs> going into that building. Like, you, I mean, I would have to wear, like, you know, a sweatshirt under my jersey. Like, it was just a different atmosphere. Uh, you're 100% right. Jesse, how are you, my man? What, what do you got for us? You got some teams for us, right? Yeah, no, I have some. I have a list of of the Philadelphia hockey teams uh, that have, that have happened. Um, oh, I need to come on now, but I mean, here I am. So, um, okay. obviously, the Flyers, um, the Philadelphia Quakers, 
<laughs> this is interesting. The Philadelphia uh, Firebirds. Oh. Uh, our good friend uh, um, Andre Lois played for the Flyers and the Firebirds. Um, the um, Philadelphia Blazers, the Phantoms, the Ramblers, obviously, the Rockets, and, and kind of a hidden gem, which I think Frank knows a little bit about this, is the uh, Philadelphia Bulldogs. Yes. Yes. Yes, I do. Yes, I do, actually. Um, good friend of mine, actually, TJ. He worked with my stepfather for a long time. He was on that team. That was a, that's a professional team, actually. Yeah, I think they are considered professional. Um, yeah, really. that's a really competitive team, actually. I don't know if the Bulldogs are still around. But, yeah, very. that's awesome stats, right? That's awesome stuff, man. Thanks, Jesse, for that. I'm going to look it up. Bulldogs. Yeah, no, the Philadelphia Bulldogs are, are, are pretty, pretty, pretty good team. A really competitive hockey, uh, travel league. Um, but he's back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're actually owned or, or, or coached by Dave the Hammer Schultz. I'll look it up, but I know he had something to do with it. Oh, well, that's awesome. I was actually curious, Jason, as we were talking about the, you know, the story of the special, because that is the one arena uh, I remember for sure. The Bulldogs were owned by NHL player agent Ron Saucer and actor Tony Danza. How about that? <laughs> Tony Danza. Tony Danza came back to teach at North North uh, Northeast High School. He owned actually, the Bulldogs. That's really? pretty cool, man. Yeah, and, G- wow. and and GM was Dave Schultz. I love that. Yeah, and that's great stuff. Now, real quick, if you don't mind, I'm going to touch on the spectrum face before oh, we move fine. on. I wanted, I, yeah, I wanted your take on on on. The spectrum is is definitely the like when I first started getting into hockey was the first place that I that I went to. Uh, Jesse and I had the same story, so there's no reason to tell it again. Um, Seventeen thousand three hundred and eighty people it held. I mean, that's how personal you're personable you're getting with the players. Like you almost feel like you could talk to them because you know it was just a a small small arena. The, The spectrum was incredible. The old Wachovia special, man. I remember when they when they tore that down, and uh, God, the core states, uh, first union, like it was just it was incredible seeing it over the years uh, how it changed. Um, but yeah, man, the spectrum was a lot of great memories in there. Pearl Jam, little fun, little Philadelphia fun fact for us. You know where I'm going with this. Pearl Jam played, I think, three shows to close out the spectrum, I believe. Um, I, I mean, I, I was obviously. Uh, little young for to attend that show, but I have seen Pearl Jam uh, play some remarkable shows. Uh, I actually saw them play the entire 10 album, um, which was absolutely incredible. Huh, goosebumps are coming right now, man. Um, but to see like what they did uh, in honor of the special, they knew what it meant to people in Philadelphia. Um, it's almost more than the team. It's the arena. Um, you know, you still have the 1920s University of Penn arena standing. That's a, I, I had an opportunity to play there. Uh, it's incredible. It's it's like that old arena, Lake Placid. I know it's in New York, but they still keep these old arenas around. I think it has. I think it's incredible. I, I I'm a huge fan of um, older older hockey arenas and having the opportunity to play in them. I got a chance to play at Lake Placid, and I got a chance to play at the Lake. Um, definitely old, old and new for sure. Uh, Lake Placid was absolutely incredible. I I get a little teary eye every time I go in there. So. So with that being said, we, I mean, we just talked about the chills that you got watching a game at the Spectrum. Now, imagine if you were around during the Philadelphia Ramblers time when they played in a capacity of 5,500 people at the auditorium. And I know, I'm look, I just looked it up. I know exactly where this auditorium was. It was right really? near Ludlow Street. It was at 46th and Market. Uh huh. Yeah, like West Philly. You're talking about like wow. (laughs) There's nothing like it. You don't. You really don't see it anymore. I mean, uh, you don't see arenas that small anymore. And I remember just recently watching a documentary um, about the Dansbury Trashers. Their arena before they had really put money into it, I think, was even less than that. Um, Like it just gives you that personable feel. I'm just the, thinking about it. Like, it's incredible. So I, I just went to a concert. At, oh, um, who did we see? A couple months back, and it was in Vineland at the um, 
what the hell is the name of the place? Now I'm drawing a blank. I hate when I'm like, I come up with a thought and then I lose it. Celine Dion, right? You saw Celine Dion. No, the Landis Theater. Oh. It's basically a theater. So that only holds like 2,000 people, I think. So we're talking a little more than that, but I'm just thinking of how it felt being in there and then maybe just like making it a little bit bigger. So like just imagine playing in front of – at your high school gym kind of. That's oh, kind of wow. like what it was probably like to play – you know, and watch a Philadelphia Ramblers game. But like- and Jesse just came up with a great little little stat for us. Thanks for that, brother. So Iceworks, um, our home base, we love them very much. And the Dansbury Trashers Arena, when it was originated, 875 people is is what it held. Um, that, I mean, and, and, and if you've seen the documentary um, – um, they they ended up getting much bigger and filling that place to capacity and obviously expanding, but um oh man I, I like the small the smaller venues it's it's Philadelphia you know and, and history in Philadelphia, uh, which is something we definitely love to, to talk about and here um, those those arenas man it's, it's always great to keep them keep them going um, the history the moments numbers are close maybe not exact but it's close oh yeah absolutely. Um, oh, nanny! Hi, nanny! Thanks for checking in. That's my that's my nanny. Love you, babe. How are you? That's my grandma. She's the oh, best. Thanks, nan. <laughs> oh. oh, that's so cool that she checked in. Thanks, nan. It's cool when your family member checks in. Yeah, I think this is. I don't know how often she's actually checked out the show. The old uh, nanny Curatola. Hey, babe. It's <laughs> she's the best. Thanks, nan. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like you cannot replicate the the feelings that you get watching, you know, games in those venues. And unfortunately, like I said, it's just that that whole dynamic has changed, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, with corporate America kind of taking over, that's kind of what yeah. happened. Like it's not the same. And, and it's hard to explain that to younger generation, like, you know, 20 year old kids today, you can't tell them like they, they can't understand what it was like for us, like to be able to witness that. And, you know, especially like, you know, as you said, the spectrum, the vet. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm an old head. So I actually remember being in JFK. I see. Yeah, that's one I haven't had the opportunity to be a part of. I think my nanny wanted me to tell you she said hi, by the way. My nanny said, tell him I said hi. I'll tell your nanny I said hi. Thank <laughs> you. She's, she's funny. That's so sweet. Um, oh, breaking news from Jesse Bell. Jason is old. Okay. Well, thank you very much, brother. I don't think so. I well, I mean, I'm older than looking 30. good. Uh, I appreciate it. Kidding me? I don't oh, feel it sometimes. <laughs> Neither do I. Um, no, the way we way we work on this network, you definitely don't feel as young as you as you are. That's for sure. But um, I, I I'm curious actually, and I'm thinking about it. Maybe we can get this stat up. Um, some of the old vacant arenas that are still standing in like major cities, like like Yankee Stadium. That's that they they, they knocked that down, right? The old old Yankee Stadium. That's not still standing anymore. I don't, no, I don't I think. think it, yeah, they built the new one. They built the new one. I wasn't sure if it was built over. I'm kind of curious, but um, but anyway, um, history well, in Philadelphia, man. Another one that that a lot of people talk about, like I hear Ray Didinger talk about it a lot, is Connie Mack Stadium. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Oh. Jesse, oh, I, I have a list of the oldest uh, standing stadiums if you'd like it. Uh, that's my boy. Absolutely. So you have uh, uh, Yale Bowl, built in 1914, uh, Wrigley Field, 1914, Sunway Park, 1912, Indianapolis Motor Speedway, 1909, Iowa Field, 1904. Um, Harvard Stadium, 1903. Um, Franklin Field, 1895. Wow. Churchill Downs, 1875. And then it, it told me to click for more. But I Franklin that. Field. Franklin Field. Where is Franklin Field? Isn't it local? It is. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my goodness. History uh, of Philadelphia, Franklin Jason Field is UPenn. After Franklin mm-hmm. Field, Churchill Downs. University of Penn, right? Franklin Field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe so. Their arena is old too. I'm the looking at arena. it right now. Yeah, so it was built. What did you say, Jesse? Franklin Field. Uh, hold on, I'm, uh, it just gave me all of them. Give me a minute. The sandwich keeps looking at me. Real amount of 
ones like that I had to move the name off. Like, um, yeah, it's the oldest two tiered so stadium there's one, in the nation. There's uh, Dodger Stadium, it's 1962, uh, Lambeau Field, 57, Lambeau, Notre Dame Stadium, <laughs> uh, 1930, um, Bryant Denny Stadium, 1929, <laughs> Soldier Field, 1924. Rose Bowl, here we go, 1922. Camp Randall. Stop me whatever you guys want me to stop. No, it's all good stuff. Definitely appreciate it, man. No, I mean, I'll old stadiums, like... History, honestly, man. There's two stadiums that are on my bucket list, and you named both of them. Which one's that? Wrigley Field and Fenway Park. Lambeau and Fenway for me. Fenway. Yeah, Lambeau, too. Mm-hmm. Well... So that's three. And then what was the other one? Lambeau Field. That was up. Yeah, Lambeau. That's actually owned by the tax, like by the like the taxpayer dollars. Like keeps that running. It's actually owned by the public, I believe. Now here's one for you. So Madison Square Garden is still still in use for the Rangers now. How old is that? I've seen a show there, a concert there before. Have you ever actually. seen a game? Have you ever seen a hot? Never, no, I haven't. I haven't. I've seen a concert there before, um, like two years ago. And arenas. Lambeau Field is 1957. Okay. Not too okay, bad. How about MSG? I know. I'm making him work. We're making the producer yeah. work tonight. He's going he's, he's to own ready. a case of beer. I'll tell you one thing that I'm getting over this. It's it's barking at me. (laughs) Yeah, so I, while he's checking that out, I I saw a Flyers Rangers game at Madison Square Garden. And and now that I'm talking about it, it's bringing up goosebumps. Like, yeah, it was back in the Lindros era. Obviously, that's why I told you before that was my favorite era. So I used to travel a lot. I, I, I used to go once a year to see the Flyers Rangers in New York. Then I would go Flyers Jersey, obviously. Still ha- haven't went across the across the I wouldn't say across the pond, but across the state to Pittsburgh. Yeah. But that might be a trip that we should do all of this. That yeah, I've cool. never traveled too much to go see the visitors. It's just something I've never really done. I've traveled more um for concerts than I did uh, for for uh, sporting events, but um, but Jesse has a MSG for us, Jesse. Okay. Um, let's see. Open February eleventh, nineteen sixty-eight. Oh, it's actually older than what I expected. All right. Well, definitely got some hockey talking and some of some of our great arenas. That's for sure. There, Jason Voorhees. Absolutely. So making me hungry. What do we have for our next segment, Frankie? Why don't you? Uh, Kick it off and uh, uh, eating in Philly. Game. We always love to switch it over a little bit from our sports talk to to Philadelphia, to the origins of Philadelphia, to, to great places to go, great sporting events, great food. And there's one thing about food in Philadelphia: it's the cheesesteak. Now, oh man, oh the mayor, Thanks, Mayor John Street. Hey, what's up, Mayor? How are you, my brother? Um, Eating in Philly, cheesesteak edition. So uh, last week, Jason uh, Voorhees actually kind of came up with the idea of doing some things like this, like some different eats and and stuff like that. Well, we we are going to put our money where our mouth is, and uh, we are going to do the cheesesteak edition. I have here the old Philly bad boy. Okay, now I, I'm at the stop. Play. I'm going to put them out there just yet because they didn't have any any meat, so I don't want to. I don't want to hunt them down too much, but we stopped at a, at a local place in Northeast Philly, small little pizza shop, the old, the old pizza city, not far from Royal Park. And I have been waiting to, to, to crunch down on this bad boy. Now, this is a local spot, just the old $5 bad boy, you know, decent, you know, just a good Philly, Philly go to. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to take a bite in on this one. Um, I believe we we're actually going to do a, a Twitter poll as well. The old uh, Biolawis concrete. What's that, John? But let's dive into this one. American wit and ketchup. Yeah, ketchup. I don't. Yeah. Never. All right, here we go. Oh, my God. Jason. Jason, my buddy. Sure. Look at that. There you go. Have a bite, buddy. 
There you go. Facing my way. Flying it over. Good steak. A little bit. We'll use a little bit more cheese. Um, I've been holding on to this bad boy for a little bit too. So you know, I've, I've been. I, I, sad to say, confession. I I started on a halfer uh, during our post game uh, chit chat, but great steak, Pizza City, Northeast Philadelphia. Um, good family, got family guys, know them all down there. Um, great steak, great steak for sure. But um, how about you? What, what, what would be your favorite steak, Jason? You're you're not too far. You're a Philly man. Well, I mean, when we talk about steaks, obviously, you know, the hype is always Pats and Gina's. Like it's funny, like. You see other sports teams come to our city and like they're taking pictures in front of Pat's and it's like they make a big deal about it. But like we need a sound drop on that one, Jesse. People know that those places, not that they're not good, because I mean, listen, I like Pat's, I like Geno's, but they're okay. They're not what I would classify tourist attractions. Exactly. If you're looking for a tourist and you want to go to a hot spot and kind of have a, a cool feel being in the city and being in front of those areas and taking, you know, a selfie, obviously in the day of the selfie and uh, Instagram and uh, TikTok. You I'm going to take yeah. a selfie right now. Go to I'm Pats gonna... and if you want to do that. But to the me, the lights. Obviously, everybody has a preference. I mean, you could you could probably pull a hundred people, and probably you're going to get. 75 different answers of where the best cheesesteak is. That's why it's actually a cool question because I don't think there's actually a set specific place. Like everybody's going to have their own opinion. Now, if you want to know my personal favorite, I do. I, my personal favorite. Now, obviously I'm a little, uh, you're, you're a Philly guy. I'm a, no, 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 no. But I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit, I don't, I'm trying to think of the right word. Let's hear it, brother. Come on. He's got We're waiting for it. Can't eat cheese. So when I get a steak, I get a plain steak with no cheese. Same. So obviously I'm a little bit – what's the word I'm looking for? A little punished. lactose. I don't yeah, get to, it tears I don't get me up every time. I'm punished <laughs> I don't, that I don't get to actually enjoy the whole uh, the whole thing, you know, the whole retro of, of the – of the cheesesteak, but well, this is great because not there are people out there that are the same as you. So you're going to give your favorite. That's just a steak. I love it. Well, now let's hear it. Yeah. So okay. So my per. Yeah, she's right. Lax. Same. Same. I can't eat ice cream. I gotta take my pills. <laughs> I gotta take my pills when I'm when I'm eating the cheesecake. I, I have to just eat my ice cream, ice cream in the bathroom. Oh, dude. Oh, I love ice cream. So forget about it. So, All right, we didn't forget about it. When is it, brother? Let's hear it. Okay, my favorite steak, it's in a place called D'Alessandro's, and it's okay. in Roxborough. Great spot. Yeah, top five. I, I would definitely <laughs> uh, recommend it to anybody that's, you know, in the area. Um, it's it's kind of on it. you know, it's in the middle of Roxborough. It's on its own, little, you know, little corner. Um. Just it's you know, good. it's just kind of like good. a family. Yeah, you go in there and <clears throat> you know, you just order what you want. They're they're fairly affordable. They're not super super expensive like some places. You get what you pay for. It's a they're good it's cheap. a good steak. It's a good exactly. steak. Top five, top five hands down. But now, the Avril. Okay, yeah. Man, what are you thinking, brother? Let's hear yours. <laughs> I just, I just want to make sure it worked. That's all. It, um, it works. So th- there's definitely a place uh, in Delaware off of Philadelphia Pike. I, I didn't, when I first moved mm-hmm. in, I didn't uh, like it immediately. But um, <clears throat> when I was younger, it was definitely the place to go to uh, in the area. And, and that's Claymont Steaks. I mean, Claymont it, Steaks. It's, called, it's got the name in it. Um, they're huge and they're, they're not too expensive but you really get you really get what you uh what you pay for and, and it's just it, 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 the, the regular cheesesteaks the chicken cheesesteaks everything's good and they actually have the best wings in my opinion in the area as well i'm a wingsman jesse is it one of them hidden gems uh or is it just the everyday uh, pizza shop that people would go to so like it's there, there's one that's a hidden gem called charlie's but they don't deliver 
So that's the hidden gem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the hidden gem. That their pizza is really good as well. But um, it's just the past, man. we do it after after work. I'm I'm not going to get it, fella. It's just I'm not. <laughs> nah, nah, I gotta get home. Some good ones. So my well, favorite person. Yeah, Jason. Well, no. So he said hidden gem. Yeah. Um, obviously, I said Roxborough. Uh, Bella Sandra's is my favorite, meaning that's where I think has the best cheesesteak. But if you want to know a hidden gem, I have one in my area as well. Oh, all been, right. Love it. I live in Norristown, uh, actually right near King of Prussia, Valley Forge, that whole area, 422 okay. Trooper Road. And the place I'm thinking of is called Affamato's uh, Pizza and Italian Restaurant. Never heard they of it. Obviously they obviously have pizza. Um, they have all, they have the works, but obviously cheesesteaks. And I believe they were actually um, they ne- they didn't win, but they were they were in one of those contests where uh-huh. it was you know up for best cheesesteak in the area. So what's it called, uh, Jason? Affamatos. You can look them up on the internet. Oh, uh, I certainly will. I'll have to look it up. Trooper Road in uh, Norristown. Uh, like I said, just an Italian restaurant, but you know, obviously Philly cheesesteaks. Obviously, like I said, there's so many great ones. That it, that's why I mean, like, if we polled people, you would get so many different answers because everyone has, a, you know, a hidden gem. Um, so yeah. What, what, what's uh, your, uh, obviously, you said yours now, but. What, uh, well, well, well the, the one, one that I got, it was, you know, it's a good one. It's a quick go-to. Unfortunately, I couldn't get what I wanted to. My favorite, uh, number one, my favorite cheesesteak in Philly is Steve's Prince of Steaks. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. It can never go wrong. It's the thin meat, uh, you know, the slices. It's it's incredible. My hidden gem. Um, now, people from Philadelphia will know this. John's roast pork. Okay, John is oh. a big pig. There's a big pig right out front of it. Now, all my Philadelphia people are about to jump in like crazy. John's oh, roast pork. No, 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 no. I know what you're well, talking that's about. Nick's roast beef. That's next roast beef. John's roast pork, I believe, is not far from. It's right next to like the Home Depot there. I'll get I'll get us the information. Now they're like a roast pork sandwich, you know the old the old chicken cutlet, broccoli rab, uh, sharp prove, but they're cheesesteak. Ooh, we Snyder Ave. I am talking about Snyder Ave. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, and as I'm doing this, I'm putting the Twitter poll out there. Uh, Bioless Concrete presents. What's your John? Sorry, Jesse. What's that? Fourteen Snyder Ave. Yes, fourteen Snyder Ave. Yeah, incredible little spot. Um, and if you don't mind, one more little hidden one, Gooey Louie's. Not the greatest sandwich, but boy, do they pack it in. It, it, it's like it, the name speaks for itself. It's called Gooey Louie's. Um, man, they're getting a lot of plugs here. I'm out there at, at them on this on this show. But um, There's a couple other. Yeah, well, other we know you will, Jess. There's a couple other ones that I think are um, hidden gems. Jim's on South Street. Ooh. Not not a fan. Uh oh, he's booing. Yeah. We got history. Um, and I, I would call it a hidden gem because it's actually pretty famous. But Tony Luke's yep. actual original place. When you go down, yo, on Oregon Ave. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they're they're good. Yeah, they're good. I, I love a good Italian like like roast pork too. Like I mean, not that Tony Luce is actually great. Yeah, they have great cheesesteaks, but their their roast porks are are actually like phenomenal. Like you're long. Are you a long hot guy? Do you do the long hots? I love. Do you do long the long hots? Do you? Yeah. Love it. I'm not Italian, and I love long hots. Yes. <laughs> the, the Italian long hots, man. I got. I oh God. Sometimes my stepfather. Oh man, he showed me the way to spice. I'll tell you that right Dude, now. We're talking about this. I'm about to freaking drive and go get a cheesesteak now. I'm I, I got my bad boy right next to me, dude. Don't worry, we're gonna be doing plenty of these puppies where we do some uh some some tasting. Maybe we we'll have to get one. Mention from from the warden. warden. What you say, brother? Honorable mention from the warden. Okay, okay. PR. Ishka Bibbles on South Street. Ishka Bibbles, never heard. I've heard of it. Yeah, so like I had it a couple of times. They're they're pretty okay. Um, uh, it, it's go hidden, to or hidden gem. It's uh, it's a hidden gem because it's kind of like a South Street staple. So like, All right. you get a a, a, a cheesesteak whichever way you want it. But you also they have a signature drink called the Gremlin, where it's uh I think it's like Sprite or like 
uh, Mountain Dew mixed with lemonade or something like that. It comes out green, but it's definitely a Philadelphia staple for South Street for sure. I know that for a fact. Well, that will keep you up at night. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, man. Everybody's talking about all this food. I I still got this puppy sitting next to me. He's getting paid for these efforts. Don't worry, Jesse. Jesse will Jesse will make sure that they uh, know we're, we're mentioning them. That's for that's for damn sure. Come I on. do love a good cheesesteak. Yeah, I, I, we know. I mean, it it goes back to the staples of things in Philadelphia. You know, the the, the origins of hockey here. Um, cheesesteaks. You know, that's that's a Philadelphia staple. Um, and we have plenty how, more food that we're going to be talking about. How about donkeys? What are your thoughts? Oh, on here we go. Okay. Have you had it? I haven't, but I hear it I all have. the time. I have. I have. Okay. Once upon a time, Jason. Hold my hand. Take a walk with me. Here we go. So interested I, in this comment. I'm so interested in this and what you're about to say right now. I, I lived I, – I made a transition over to New Jersey some time ago, and I didn't really even hear about this place because, yeah, you know, we got Steve's. I mean, let's blows it out the water. Um, my, uh, my, my previous, uh, took me to donkeys, not the one in Camden. It was one, I think it was in Marlton. So it wasn't the original with the bar, but same, same place. Rule number one, the cheesesteak should not be on a round roll. My opinion, me coming from Philadelphia should not be on a round roll. Two, it is not better than Steve's. But I will say it was good. It, it, it was yeah, it was on a Kaiser. I'm done. Yeah, it was good. But and Anthony Bourdain is that the cook? Is that correct? Anthony Bourdain, he passed away. Yeah, he passed away. He was the the chef, right? Well, he said it was ranked. He ranked it number one ever. Beats Philadelphia, number one cheesesteak he's ever had. Yeah, um, it was good. It was good, but it, it's no. And I'm not even saying being just, from Philly. I think you just nailed it. How can you? How can it be a, a true cheesesteak if it's on a round roll? And like, but, yeah, for me, part of what makes I was confused. So I wasn't. I wasn't well. So, so, you know, awesome is that is the being on the long roll. Like, I, I mean, I guess when it comes down to it, it is more the meat. But to me, I'm a roll guy because I enjoy the roll just as much. Like when I get an Italian hoagie. If I get Italian hoagie on a shitty roll, oh. I'm not happy. Or if the like, roll's soggy. Yeah, now I know a lot of people will say primos for Italian hoagies. Like, I like primos. Eh. Primos is decent, but primos yeah, is like, chain. It's a chain. Primos to me is like Olive Garden of cheesesteaks. Like, well said. Well uh, said. Well you know, said. Absolutely. I'll tell you a place that I used to get when I lived in Ben Salem and my grandmother, God rest her soul, RIP. Um, she lived at Tacawana Street um, in uh, Philadelphia. Uh, I believe it was on um, Frankfurt or Tarsdale, that area. Tacawana. And, yeah, I know where it's at. Um, what place are you talking so about here? When I would go visit my grandma, big sister. You know, obviously, I went to Penn State Abington. So I would drive home. Yes, and I would drive home on Sheltonham Ave. And I would come down, uh, you know, towards that area. And there was a great place where I used to get hoagies. And I don't Anticipation know. Anticipation is killing me right now. It was called Greenman's. Never heard of it. Damn it. Greenman's hoagies. Um, I'm going to look it up now. I want to see if it's still there. So uh, the, I love when I go into new places and trying a cheesesteak, whether it be, you know, wherever it may be. And people tend to say the Philly cheesesteak has – Peppers, sweet peppers, hot peppers, and all types of stuff. I was actually going to ask you what what is this? What is the state? So I'm confused because I've never actually lived in Philadelphia, and I, I'm a Delco native. So like I don't really, really know what um what is the 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 actual Philadelphia like cheesesteak? Like what, what I can tell you right now. Yeah, absolutely. Because I know I know there's a lot of things that I have on mine. <sighs> Like people just look at me like I'm a shithead when I, when I. Well, well said, Jesse from Delco. Well said. So here it is. This is my opinion. Um, being in Philadelphia, as long as I have, and people from Philadelphia probably would tend to agree. There's the typical cheesesteak. Thank you, thank you, Mayor. Thank you. There's the typical cheesesteak, meat and cheese. You know, keep it plain. That's personally me. I don't like all the fixings, but the acceptable fixings, we can go. 
wit or without? Do we want raw onions? Do we want cooked onions? Fried onions. Fried onions. Thank you. I, yeah, fried onions, raw, raw onions. onions. I'm a raw onion man, not my cheesesteak though. I love raw onions. I do. I could just eat a handful of them. I think, I think uh, uh, me and Lids were talking about this um, last time we were over. I think we are talking about different sandwiches that, and certain things that uh, you were getting into recently, Jesse. I think you were trying to roll onion thing recently. Um, I love raw onions more than cooked. Um, fried. Sorry. Okay. You got me the green peppers on uh, on uh, Italians actually, and, and oh I, yeah, I could do raw onions on the Italian. We can talk about that another another episode. Yeah, both. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're gonna do hoagies. Hoagies. Sub. You call it a hoagie or a sub? <laughs> hoagie, Jason. Jason. No, I know that. Well, you're better than that, Jason. No, I'm saying other people. I know. Yeah, I know. We don't trust those kind of people. They're not on our network. Um, yeah, raw onions, yeah. fried onions, but no peppers and the ketchup thing. And the uh, – they just don't – what the fuck is this? Well said, Jess. So that's the way I have to keep it. Like my bad boy right here, um, it's literally colder than uh, outside at this point, by the way. Um, We're but, making yeah. a weep. Jesse, do yeah. this now. The sound effect for Can weeping. We, we have a sound effect. Yeah, that sound effect. <clears throat> I don't know if you have it. Well, maybe we. You know, we're, but anyway, we're, 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 I, yeah, I'm a, it. a fried onions guy myself. <laughs> Ooh, that sounded like the Jason Voorhees sound. That actually could be like your little intro for sure. That had my uh, signature all over it. The old mayor of Camp Crystal Lake, but yeah, it's good old no, cheese. Yeah, okay. I definitely when, when I get obviously I don't get cheese, but um, yeah, we, we have our Twitter poll out too, by the way. If we want to give it a share, I love to know what people are thinking right now, what their favorite cheese things are, and, and by all means, give them a plug. Yeah, I'll share it out right now. I'm 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 definitely a fried onions guy, and I agree with the mayor. I cannot have peppers on my steak. I just can't do sausage, pepper, onion. Sausage, pepper, onion. Yeah, that's a different story. A hoagie, I'm most definitely. Or even roast pork, I will have peppers. Or broccoli rob. Oh, the broccoli rob is is a go-to for me. I love the broccoli rob. A chicken cutlet, broccoli rob, sharp provolone sandwich. Once again, John's roast pork. Um, another man, we could just talk food all all day. This is my favorite part of the show. <laughs> it's when we be. talk about this. So, it should be. I think it's everybody's favorite. Like, Jesse. like d- d- dangerous. Like it's just if I it, and I I rarely get an actual cheesesteak. I do like a chicken cheesesteak, and it's literally uh, extra American cheese, mayo, ketchup, and fried onions. <laughs> I would like to know what people think about that. Um, now, the mayo thing, I can't do too much, but it is common. Mayo is common on the cheesesteak. I also um, mayo on my Italian. Also, also, um, also pretty common. Um, people t- tend to do the, the Italian when they get to the Italian uh, vinegar and oil. I, I don't like it. I don't like if I, my roll gets wet, I will take the sandwich and I will throw it out the fuck. I actually do all of that vinegar. And oh, uh, wow, and mayo. Oh, your sandwich is probably two panels, brother. <laughs> now, I'm with, I'm with, once again, I'm with the mayor. I cannot, if I'm gonna put ketchup on a cheesesteak, that means it's probably not the best cheesesteak. Like, for me, if I'm going to one of these primo places that we're considering the top of the line, I'm not putting ketchup on it because I want to taste that meat. It just has yes. a certain texture to it and a flavor well that yeah. you don't need the ketchup to kind of. Over kind of overdo the uh, or the taste, the, the original food. That's, that's why I don't season food too flavor. much either. And yeah, I agree. I, obviously, I'm not a mayo guy either. But yeah, I can't do mayo now on hoagies. That's a different story. That's my sister Kristen down at the bottom too. Well, let me tell you, this has been. Uh, I, I do mayo and ketchup. Mayo if I do ketchup. American cheese, if I do whiz, I'm just. Wow, that's a lot of options there. That's, that's, that's a, I don't know. That's a little blasphemy, to be honest with you. You can't be having two totally different things. That's my opinion. you got to keep it original. But I'll tell you, this has but, been one hell of an episode. Well, no, and, and, <laughs> and that's what I meant, though. I think I realistically I'm, – I'm anxious to see this poll. And I want to see if a lot of people put other 
Like, because I, in my opinion, I think you're going to have – when it comes to cheesesteaks, you're going to have a wide variety of answers because a lot of people have their go-to places right where they're local too that, mm-hmm. that they love. Absolutely. It's not always going to be the same place. What's Roni? Pepperoni. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a Northeast Philly thing. Extra cheese melted all the way through with a little bit of pepperoni. It's actually pretty good. Pepperoni yeah, on a cheese. Pizza City, Chris. Actually underrated. Very underrated. Yeah, well, well said, Kristen. Yeah, she knows. Pizza City, right, sis? Absolutely. I know people that used to put bacon on a cheese. Oh, bacon it's, actually, it's actually really good. It's actually really good. I'm not a big bacon guy, man. I've never tried it. But I've heard people say that it actually adds, you know, having that bacon in it because a lot of people love bacon. That it adds like a little an extra flavor to it, but I don't know. I yeah, I'm not big on the I'm bacon. I'm gonna have to try it now on your recommendation. Man, we got a lot of food to cover. We got a lot of a lot of good stuff, man. I like. I can't wait to. I'm gonna try and eat this puppy to tell, be honest with you. I think next well, episode should definitely be hoagie because uh, you want to do it. I also want to do hoagie. We'll have, have you come in this time, Jess. We'll have you come in with us, and we'll think, we'll do one up. Well, I like the way that this is with this little emblem here, um, but. I do definitely think that everybody should um, go out and get their own. Uh, the, the ratings on this episode are literally out of this world. We'll love Dude, it. And I have my hidden gem. My hidden gem. I think we'll the next, next week show, I'm going to try – when I find out the date, uh, as soon as I get my schedule, I'm going to make sure I can try to go and get the hoogie and eat it here while I'm talking about it, like you just did. Because that will make it even better, having it in front of me, so I can show you the wrapper and everything and – Oh, I have my go-to, my my hidden gem in Northeast. I got Philly. one. I, I'm excited, oh, man. I'm pumped. Yeah, I love, I love a good Italian hoagie, man. Uh, Dude, I'm loving this, man. Absolutely. Well, this has been awesome. Another great show. Thank you, Frankie. Uh, thank you. It's awesome getting together with you, uh, Jesse. Thank you for producing. And guys, fans, thank you. Because, like I said, if it weren't for you guys, there's no us. Uh, we want your we want your comments. We want your feedback. Let us know what we what you like about the show. If there's something that you want us to cover, uh, Philadelphia culture wise, like doesn't have to be sports, anything. Yeah, for sure. Table. Like I think for this show, like that's what's dynamic and unique about this show. We're not just flyers. We we could even talk Phillies or Eagles. We could do anything Philly. So bring it to the table. Let us know what you want, and we're going to give it to you guys as best we can. Yes, and we deliver, are. Deliver the best. Of Philadelphia culture, and with and that where, being said, where can they find us? <laughs> with that being said, yes. Reminder: you can follow us on Twitter. You can find us at Streets of Podcast One. Um, you can find myself, Jason Voorhees, the Camp Crystal Mayor, at Mustang Thirty Six Fifty One. I love that. Frankie James at Frankie Stesk. Just hit seven hundred followers. <laughs> yes, he did. My man's got on brother. his way to a thousand. And then obviously our network, Old City Sports, which is absolutely, guys, if you haven't checked it out already, Old City Sports is phenomenal. They are doing great things. They have a ton of great content, tons and tons. Frankie, why don't you tell them what, yo, all the shows that we got going? All right. Let me take a breather here. Go check out the rest of OCSN, including Flyers Alley, the Halftimers, the Dusty Buttes Hockey Show. The Dirty Flamingo. I love that name. Wing Sauce, Nucks Talk, Beers, Buds, and Blue, Ducks and Pucks, and Doom Thugs. Um, quick shout out for Doom Thugs. Uh, one of their uh, co hosts, um, Adam, helped me find my place in Delaware. Uh, so, quick shout out for him. Um, great content. Lots of good articles. Uh, the website is is thriving. Go check out those bloopers, too. You might find yourself uh, some, some good laughs uh, for sure. And, um, and as always, Streets of Philadelphia is sponsored by Body Check Wellness. Go to www.bodycheckwellness.com, enter promo code OCS in all caps, and you're going to get 25% off CBD needs. Tell them OCS sent you. And with that, guys, that's been our show. Um, head over to www.oldcitysports.com for all your favorite OCS podcasts, articles, and more. And a quick shout out to Jessica Hess, who does a phenomenal job managing that website. Like absolute tons sure. of great articles. If you want to you want to read some good material, definitely check out the website. And then don't forget, there's tons of pictures on there taken by none other than this guy right here. Oh, thanks, brother. Appreciate that. Thank you.
That was, and as we're going to Jesse clapped. As we're going to end all of our shows, let's say go Philly. Go Philly.